1: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
5: This is the best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Two big retirements in the National Football League today. One earlier today we all saw. One we're kind of stunned by in the past hour. Antonio Gates of the San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers mm-hmm. announced his retirement today at the age of thirty-nine, and Luke Keekley. Of the Panthers, star middle linebacker says he's calling it quits. He is just 28 years old. So let's deal with Antonio Gates first before we get to Luke Keekley Gates didn't play last year, and it was quite obvious that, okay, I think that if the Chargers had been in contention for a playoff spot, maybe he might have said, hey, Henry gets hurt, I'll come out and play again. Did he again. want to get paid? I mean, I mean I, that,
6: that's the question, right? Did he want bigger money than they were willing? Because Hunter Henry
0: missed... First half of the year, he did. But I, but the thing is, I I, I think I I. After he didn't sign, I knew he was done. But I thought at the end of the year, he's not somebody that wants to sign for the beginning of the year. He'd be somebody that, hey, week six, week seven, I'll get myself into shape and play the last eight games of the season. That's No one No one wants to retire and come back and play a full 16-game slate. No, no. I want to come back and play the last seven or eight games and then maybe the playoffs. But by the time it got to the middle of the season, the Chargers were struggling, Gates was Gates was done, he didn't play. I'm still not convinced he's going at, at some point, he's going to come back. He's like Keith Van Horn. We're going to hear, oh, someone's going to need someone's contract so Keith Van Horn is Gets involved. Around, sure. and, uh, we're, we're gonna eventually, Antonio Gates is never going to retire. So he's the undertaker and he's going to sit up again. He'll come back. He'll play again in three years. The Chargers will call him. Then he'll sit out. He's 42. He'll come back and play again four years from now. He'll be 46 years old, still playing. He, he'll get to the end of Bobby Bonilla's contract with the Mets and he will still be playing.
6: Well, as we've talked about, Antonio Gates, uh, during our runs doing fantasy sports and certainly NFL analysis low these many years on Fox Sports Radio, it's He's the best post-up receiver you've ever seen. Those college basketball days were no joke. I mean, because you want to talk about a guy finding lean and leverage and Mm -hmm. whatever, going to his 116 career touchdowns, that's what it's all about for Antonio Gates. He was the touchdown maker, Phillip Rivers' security blanket
0: for all those years. Gates, is for me, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I have seen three great tight ends in my life, and Antonio Gates is one of the top two. Rob Gronkowski and Tony Gonzalez. Gonzalez is clearly the best, and talk about athleticism, but Gates is right there with him, and then Gronk, who hasn't played very long, and that kind of gets into the Luke Kuechly argument that we're going to have in a couple minutes. But Gates redefined the tight end position with his athleticism. He played... Until he was 37 years old and he was unstoppable. You couldn't stop him one on one. You had to put two players on him because he was just that much of a difference maker. And we've said and, and talked about the career of Phillip Rivers a lot here on the show. And one thing that's always amazing and always amazed me is every time you watch the Chargers play, no matter who their wide receivers are, Phillip Rivers is not threading the football in between a tight window to a guy in a deep out. His receivers are always wide open. His receivers are always like, oh my God, they got five yards in that to be And these are good defensive backs. Now, Rivers, to his credit, has found a way just... We talked about Joe Burrow last night. Hey, when he gets guys one-on-one, he knows where to put the football. He has that rapport with his wide receivers. That's he does, because Rivers doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. But that's what he did, because he would find the guys one-on-one and they would make plays, and they would find a way. I'm coming back to the football on this play. It's very difficult to figure that out when you're a defense and you're stuck with one-on-one coverage. You don't have a lot of Darrell Revises. It's going to be difficult. But why did the wide receiver see so much one-on-one coverage? Because Antonio Gates, in the middle of the field, was absolutely so dominant. You had to have guys around him. And so you couldn't double guys on the outside. It was too hard because if you did that, you had one-on-one coverage. And f- what did Philip Rivers say today? Anytime I saw Antonio one-on-one, I knew he was getting the football. So teams couldn't do that. You couldn't just cover him with a linebacker. You couldn't just say, okay, well, it's going to be him and the safety will pick him up. You needed to have multiple people on him. You can only put multiple people on so many receivers. So when he's that guy in the middle of the field, of course that's going to leave the outside open. And that's what Philip Rivers did for 15 years. And he's able able to say, okay, guys like Tyrell Williams or Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, whoever it was is going to wind up being open. Travis Benjamin doesn't matter because it's really hard to cover guys one-on-one when you have a pretty good quarterback who knows where to put the football. And that's the genius and the brilliance of Antonio Gates.
6: Yeah, see, I always just enjoyed him, especially the last five or six years when he had that bad toe, bad foot. He looked like he was running in mud yet he would somehow find a way to you know, get it just enough space, right? Quick elbow, quick uh, little shove, forearm shiver—not enough to extend the arm, but enough to back off a defensive player, a linebacker, or, or corner or safety that's trying to cover him, and just enough to to get it in. What I ask of you, and and I brought this up earlier to uh, Frostburg as we were getting ready uh, for the show, and and to you, and I and I pose it just a, as a question for the Hall of Fame voters to decide. He did serve a four-game suspension for PEDs, Mm -hmm. blaming it on supplements and holistic medicines That he was using to recover from prior injuries. Yeah,
0: but that's where, yeah, that but he's play, got, but he's got a great, just... nope, he's got a great reputation. Everybody loves Antonio Gates. It's going to be one of those, yeah, well, he had it, so we'll push that out. Other players, no. But that's the thing about having a good reputation. If you have a good reputation, people will look the other way a little bit on your transgressions as long as they're deemed to be minor. And let's face it, PEDs in the NFL, fans don't really care about no, that. We no, care they, more they about it in baseball than
6: we do no. in the national football. No, no, no. We, we laugh more at the, testing policies, right? This past week, what was it? Russell Wilson found tags for both uh, PEDs uh, and, you know, in street drugs, I think we're both, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, I mean, guys just start getting tagged all over and it's become a joke. But it's always you, you raise it up, particularly this week, since we're talking about rules and integrity of the game and all that when it comes to the Astros, to the Red Sox, Dodgers and what it meant to their players and everything else. Just raising my hand just to ask the question.
0: Mm-hmm. Twitter and how about a fresco? That's OK. The chair recognizes Mike Harmon. It's going to be part of the discussion point. That's all. Uh, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show, with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Now, when it comes to Luke Keekley. Keekley retiring, very surprisingly tonight, made a big statement on social media. Keekly has had his share of head injuries over mm-hmm. the course of the past few years, and at 28 years old, okay, we got a big coaching change coming in, we're going to reboot. It's, it's going to be one more year of Cam Newton, maybe it's a new quarterback, and Keekly has decided, I'm going to hang him up. Now, he leaves one of the most decorated linebackers in the game, five-time All-Pro, Seven or eight, I think. I think he made the Pro Bowl in all years he was healthy in the NFL. Seven out of his eight. Seven years, out of his eight years, five he was, all,
6: all Pro first teams. He
0: also had the. I think he has the Panthers record for interceptions. He was a guy that did it all. He was a tackling mm-hmm. machine. He was able to make plays in coverage. Got to the court. He did everything. But is he going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer? Probably not, because the standard setters at the position are Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher. I don't, think, I don't think there's anybody arguing that. Ray Lewis played 17 years in the NFL. Brian Erlacher played 13 years in the NFL. Luke Keekly, as good as he does, he, he compares great with these guys. Look, all the middle linebackers, the great middle linebackers, Luke Keekly compares well with. But all these big Hall of Famers, they all played much longer. Now, when the NFL let Terrell Davis in after basically having four years and winning two Super Bowls, that really you know, brought the the level down a bit as far as how long you had to play. But his level of dominance got him in that could do it for Keekley but first ballot, I I don't see that for him, just because eight years is not quite the monster careers and the monster years that Lewis and Erlacher both had. And can you say Luke Keekley was as good as these two? No, he wasn't. As good as he was, he wasn't quite the difference maker of Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher. But was he fantastic? Will he get in? Yeah, but first ballot, the, the the year with Antonio Gates, I don't see him getting in.
6: What'll be interesting to watch is, because you've got both Patrick Willis and Luke Keekley whose careers are very similar. Right? I'd done after eight years uh, with Patrick Willis, only six games played his final season. We all remember sitting here on a Thursday night watching the Keekley injury, tears streaming out of his eyes, and we're all looking at each other going, wow, that's that's it. I mean, that, that could have been the last we see him on a field, and here we are, another early retirement. When You, you go to the Urlacher comparison, you're talking about Urlacher 13 years versus his eight, um, about 200 tackles difference <laughs> between them <laughs> when you talk about that kind of impact uh, overall. Uh, 31 quarterback hits that he's credited with, Keekly, uh, against, well, you're talking 24 for Erlacher. In terms of stats that mm-hmm. they keep, and some of those, you know, you're always wonder, because tackles is also an unofficial stat. So sure. both the Carolina and Chicago folks did their guys right <laughs> at the linebacker. <laughs> you're around the pile, you get a half, and you get a half, and you get a half. But, but, I but you, today, you, know, you still have but, you still but you tackles men- today. But you mentioned Gates' reputation. And that's where Lee, Luke he's got, a great, he's got a great reputation, well. true. Right? So, I mean, that's one of the things that's certainly going to help him uh, as we go through and it's always the question of the log jam or when we have the next bulk insertion to the Hall of Fame. Uh, I do appreciate this. Uh, A laugh perhaps you missed. Rob Gronkowski, congrats Luke Keekly on early retirement. You were a fearless player out there on the field. So, when you coming back?
0: Twitter at how about a fresca Mike at Swollen Dome The Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon again Patrick Willis you talked about him very similar career to Lou Keekley but the le- mm-hmm. for me the length of a career is a very big deal and and when you look at the who's in at the top of that list guys playing that long it, guys playing that long yeah, the all decade guys that's yeah. that's
6: the thing that jumps in
0: really Keekley th- you couldn't give Gates his one damn deck oh, how about that really? if he's retiring on social media he really? could have done it tomorrow he could have done it tomorrow really, somebody else oh, I'm
6: happy for you you're doing what you want to do but really you couldn't just do it tomorrow <laughs> yeah well i mean there's a lot going on i mean major league baseball tried to sneak in the whole Astros thing tomorrow on national title game thinking they'd get away with it
0: <laughs> today's gates day uh yeah well he's he's he a it. definitive first ballot hall I of i mean fame.
6: and urlacher got in even with hair
0: yeah i mean come on he well, changed his whole look but what does the bust have hair or not have hair i don't think it does okay And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like
1: how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events.
2: whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at pet 365 21 plus only must be present in ohio if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800 gambler
1: finding the right news podcast can feel like dating it seems promising until you start listening when you hit play on post reports you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too
0: Joining us now on the hotline, a man who has just completed fifteen thousand words on Syracuse's upset of Virginia from Saturday. CBS Sports NFL Insider Extraordinaire Jason Lockenfour. What's happening, Jay?
4: What's going on, guys?
0: I mean, you must be you must be tired. Your hands typing from that. You got the big lacrosse previews. You had your work. Yeah. I know you're a busy. Yeah, guy I'm right
4: all now. over it. Yeah. I'm all over it. I did see though that. Uh they tore down the Daily Orange. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. I don't know why. Do you know the backstory of that? I don't really know why. It just kind of flashed across my Twitter feed. But I don't know if the school bought it, I guess. No, I have no idea. But- well, I think
0: Otto the Orange is going to be in charge of uh, the Daily Newspaper now for Syracuse. I think. That's- yeah, he was a hell of a copy editor back in the day. <laughs> hey, so before we get to the games, let's start. Say we have two big retirements in the NFL. Antonio Gates calls it quits. So he didn't play last year. And Luke Keekly, a surprising announcement at age 28 after eight seasons in the nfl these guys are both hall of famers i think gates is first ballot Keekley might have to wait he only played eight years you know where are you on this news from today with these guys
4: yeah, I think they're they're both Hall of Famers, um, without a doubt. I I wonder. I, I don't even want to get into the minutia of my you know Hall of Fame voting in the NFL and and the problems I have with it. But there's so many guys who caught so many balls um, that yeah, I just I don't know if there's going to end up being a backlog of tight ends the way there was a backlog of receivers. But for me, Keekly, um I mean, look, eight years doing what he did, knocking heads for a living, is plenty long enough, and, and, you know, for me, he was a shoo-in on the all-decade team, Um, this is a guy who affected the run game, affected the pass game, was an incredible leader, um, got others around him to um, sort of rise above and, and buy into something bigger than themselves, I mean, the he was beloved by the guys he played with and beloved by the guys he he played against and and had um, immense uh, respect around the league. So um, obviously, you know, his concussion issues are well documented and he knows his body and his mind better than anybody else. And if he just got through the rigors of a season and felt like he may have dodged a bullet or two and, you know what I mean, and whatever. You know, a lot of life to live, hopefully, for a guy who's 28. Um, and this isn't, you know... I don't know that we should be calling these early retirements or saying, you know, it's a surprise anymore because we know the risk of playing football If and if at any point the mental calculus for any individual is... I don't want to do that anymore, you know, and because of future health and safety, because of how I feel right now, because of the risks involved, and, I, you know, I think you have to respect it, and this is not, you know, a fluke or an anomaly, a, a lot of young men. Uh, are, are coming to these decisions, and and it, I don't know that we sh- we should you know we as outsiders should be saying, well that guy retired too soon or that guy retired quote unquote early. No, he retired when he was ready to retire.
6: All right, Jason. Now we we've had the coaching carousel is now stopped. We can move on. The last one to join the fray, Kevin Stefanski, saying all the right things. Sky's the limit for Baker Mayfield. Is he the guy to change the culture in Cleveland?
4: Oh, man, you know, it, it's 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 not just the coach himself. It's who's he working for? Problem. Who's man. he working with? Potentially a problem. You know, what is this staff going to look like? Who's helping him pick the staff? How much say are the analytics guys having in picking a staff? And I'm completely progressive when it comes to numbers and um, advanced data and metrics, but. I I think when we start talking about position coaches and offensive coordinators uh, that may be a little out of Paul DePodesta's depth I don't know um But whatever they've touched there hasn't worked. And, and, and I think Kevin's Stefanski has a lot going for him. He's been on my radar for a while. A lot of people I know and respect who know him very well speak very highly of him. But he's coming into a very charged situation where they've been running over um, inexperienced head coaches for, for multiple decades, going back to Mike Patton, and why this owner in particular keeps hiring the same archetype for, by and large. And I know Hugh Jackson had one year as a head coach in Oakland, but it's not like Hugh Jackson had real head coaching chops. He keeps hiring NFL coordinators over and over and over. And right now, there, you know, Stefanski's walking into a cauldron where the quarterback's been over-empowered. There's a lot of big characters and quirky personalities that John Dorsey brought in there and that's Dorsey's way, but Dorsey's not there anymore and it's Kevin Stefanski's problem now. And I don't know who his bad cop is, but he better have a couple of bad cops there who are willing to lay down the law and set some guardrails and what's acceptable and what's not. And people need to know that there's consequences. I don't know that Kevin Stefanski at age 38 can walk in there and do that himself. Um, And picking players has been a problem there forever as well. So, Godspeed. Um, I'm rooting for him, but uh, it's an uphill climb.
0: So the fact that Josh McDaniels took all the interviews, didn't get any jobs. He looked like he was ticketed for the Browns' job, but it wasn't a real match. Does him not taking a job and going back to the Patriots, does this have anything to do with Tom Brady, his status, what he might decide?
4: No, I mean, you know, timing did not work out for Josh. Um, His agents you know, didn't get him in front of Carolina before they got their other client, Matt Rule, in front of Carolina. And I think David Tepper was going to Oh, I don't think. David Tepper was going to hire the first coach he, he truly fell in love with, and he felt shared his vision. And had he met with Josh McDaniels first, I strongly believe based on what I knew they felt in McDaniels going into that interview that he would have hired McDaniels 12 hours later. But, you know, he, he fell in love with Rule, and Rule had other options, and so, you know, money and, and term of the contract was no object for him. You know, Josh, under the the, the, the paradigm I just spoke about in Cleveland where you've got a, a baseball executive basically running the organization by proxy from his laptop in La Hala, California, that wasn't going to fly for Josh. Like, that was never going to happen. Um, he took the interview because you got he, he's not in a position to be saying no and you want to hear people out. But I think both sides knew that unless Jimmy Haslam was willing to go with a different management model, that Josh wasn't going to be a fit there. And everybody also knew that DiPodesto wanted to hire Kevin Stefanski last year when the owners, you know, the three owners, and Dorsey picked uh, Kitchens instead. So I, I think that, you know, unless Kevin Stefanski had a horrible interview, he was probably going to get that job, and Kevin Stefanski's too bright and prepared. And he just went through the process with them last year to have a horrible interview. Um, keeping Josh McDaniels, does that help the, the the New England Patriots make a pitch to Tom Brady? It does. But um, the Patriots better realize that they need to re-recruit Tom Brady.
6: Fox Sports Radio, Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon from the Geico Studios. On the hotline with us, CBS Sports NFL reporter, insider, our buddy Jason Lockenfora. Find him on Twitter, at Jason Uh Jason, you mentioned Matt Rule a little bit earlier, and i got to be honest, the hiring today of a, of a new man to his staff, I was hoping he'd end up in the AFC East so there'd still be a Brady to torment Smith forever. <laughs> Joe Brady goes to Carolina. What's it mean for Cam? Newton, and how's this offense going to look?
4: Hey, well, if Joe Brady keeps doing what he, he did... Uh, at LSU, he might end up as the, a- the AFC East as a head coach, so don't rule that out. Um, the rise for these quarterback guys can be pretty fast. I'm excited by the move. I think Matt Rule is going to have a pretty interesting hi- hybrid mix on, on his staff of college and pro guys. And Brady basically um, took the best of what Sean Payton does, which it's easy to steal from a master. It's knowing then how to apply what you've learned in the mm-hmm. heat of the moment. Um, it, it's, it's, it's utilizing it in-game. and and he obviously showed an ability to scheme people open uh, and really take Joe Burrow's game to another level Um, you know you said for Cam Newton I mean I don't know Is it Cam Newton I mean could it be Teddy Bridgewater who Brady worked with in in New Orleans Orleans, if they decide that you know what um, you know maybe we could move on from Cam and get a guy who's a little younger um, you know with with uh, I guess you look at it both ways I mean he's young to begin with 26 and in in terms of his body because of how much time he missed and you know how long he's been a backup he, he, he's probably from a body standpoint and coming back from that horrific knee injury he's probably more like a 23 year old so you know, will that resonate with them? And, and the other thing about this staff is Matt Rule having uh, you know, a bunch of college guys on his staff, they're going to know the kids in these next couple of drafts inside out. They would have recruited a lot of them. They'd have been in their parents' house. They'll know them as individuals. Um, they'll know their makeup. They'll talk to their high school coaches. It won't be um, you know, sort of the surface level that most uh, NFL coaches would know college prospects. So there, there might be some diamonds in the rough at the quarterback position who they're really high on, you know, from their experience at Baylor.
0: So, Jay, speaking of quarterbacks, are you happy for Joe Burrow? He's going to go number one overall. Or are you concerned that he's going to be a Bengal? <laughs> well,
4: I mean, we have the AFC package at CBS, and it would be really cool. That's right. Um, there you, you know, okay. if we had. We've got all these emerging young quarterbacks. You know, you've you've got Lamar, and you've got Mahomes, and, you know, Sam Darnold from week to week looks like he might make the step up. Can Baker Mayfield get it going in year three? I mean, that's an interesting division. You've got Lamar, Baker Mayfield, um, and then Joe Burrow. And, I, I mean... If, look, they've got Joe Mixon. I know the Bengals were a wreck this year. But the left tackle at Alabama will be back. And, you know, that that's a pretty good starting point. One of the offensive linemen they've drafted the last few years has to be half-decent. Um, They might be crazy enough to franchise A.J. Green because they have Burrow. You know, could Ross ever stay healthy? I don't know, but Boyd's a pretty good receiver. If they invest in the offensive line, I think they can make major gains quickly offensively. You know, defensively, it's probably going to take some time, and they've gotten long in the tooth at some key spots there. Um, But, I mean, look, could, could Joe Burrow take them from one win to five or six next year i don't think that would be the craziest thing in the world based on what else they do in the off season
6: jason you're there on the ground in baltimore i mean uh how what are you doing in the community oh, no. to help people get past this past weekend and yeah. uh what's I'm going what's around
4: the... with plastic bags collecting tears
6: <laughs> you can solve a lot of water issues with that after that uh but the local consensus of lamar are they wavering uh, what, what what's the feel there
4: no, I, I don't. Really, locally, there's a lot of heat on Greg Roman. Um, and I think educated fans who watch that game, um, justifiably so. I mean, on a day where. Um you, you look, look, guys are dropping balls left and right. And Lamar in the first half was sort of too amped up again. Some of the mechanics were wavering, throwing some fluttery balls. But, I mean, the, the, the first drive ends on the interception on a ball that Mark Andrews caught about 25 times this year. And he's banged up, and he doesn't quite high point it. And Lamar needed some help. And uh, Greg Roman decided down one score to start going five wide, empty set, on a team that has no wide receivers. And they were the, on the, they 92 plays offense. The fullback um, only played seven snaps. I mean, they're worried about Ingram's injury. Gus Edwards comes out of the shoot, looks like a house of fire. He didn't even play 20% of the snaps. They got completely away from the mesh point RPO game. They just abandoned their identity and were chucking it all over the place. Lam- Lamar dropped back 70 times. Yeah. I mean... Come on! (laughs) It's, it's, it, it, was, it was kind of seismic, and I wrote a column today, you know, I, I look back at that, you look back at the Bills with Brian Dable, um, another guy who was up for a head coaching job, and sometimes these coordinators get too cute when, when, when the world's watching and their prospective new owner's watching. I mean, Buffalo ran 35 plays for 92 net yards after getting a 16 nothing lead. They're running for six yards a carry, and they throw twice as much as they run. Um, Josh McDaniels, the week before, you know, that same weekend with New England, I mean, I mean, they had 300 total yards. They had no plays over 29 yards. Now, I know they were limited all year, but that could have been Tom Brady's last game, you know, with the Patriots. And then Greg Roman crapped out, and Kevin Stefanski. He averaged 3.6 yards he <laughs>
6: passing. Head coach Europe, Cleveland Browns. Got the job! <laughs> I
4: mean, so, I, I just, I do think that's real. Human nature, I mean, you can try to block that stuff out, but you got friends and family, you're getting the job, and you know the owners are watching, and the whole league's watching, and you're the only game being played, and I do think it got to Greg Roman.
0: All right, hey, Jay, real quick, 10 seconds, when we talk to you next week, we're talking about what two teams in the Super Bowl? Uh, KC and San Fran. There we go. I like that pick. I like that pick. Jason Lockenfora, you can follow him on Twitter, at Jason Lock and, Fora. and for a history of Otto the Orange as well. He's got that coming up. Jay, as always, my friend, appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk to you next week.
4: You got it. I got a busy offseason, apparently.
0: Good. <laughs> go get it, buddy. See ya.
5: <laughs> Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
0: You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that'll elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
2: At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
3: The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now.
1: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
3: Hi, checking in for...
1: Or the perfect table.
3: Hey, where are you?
8: The order of the day, and really the
0: order of the last two days, interrupted by LSU and Clemson last night, has been the cheating scandal that has rocked Major League Baseball as the Houston Astros, after Rob Manfred's investigation was completed, were found to have been guilty of stealing signs electronically in the 2017 season. A very sophisticated form where they would electronically, they would get the signals in the center field uh, stands and relay that to the dugout, relay that and, and relay that to just outside the dugout out where a staffer or someone would sit near a drum and pound it to let the batter know that it was either a fastball or an off-speed pitch that was coming. Sometimes it was whistling, and this was just an absolute bombshell that was dropped on baseball. A.J. Hinch was suspended. So was Jeff Luno of the of the Astros, the GM. Then they were both fired uh, by the Astros. They want to move mm-hmm. on. This is a huge controversy that's going to envelop the league, Alex Cora, who was a bench coach for the Astros in 2017, was named as the ringleader of the operation. It was his idea. He's the one that's keeping track of everything and making sure the signals are relayed from center field to the guy eating peanut shells, sitting outside the dugout, banging on the on the trash can. And as a result, he is now the ex-manager of the Boston Red Sox, as he and the Red Sox have agreed to, quote, part ways in the wake of this controversy and this is why Rob Manfred blew it by not taking the World Series away from the Astros because none of this is enough there is not one person that thinks this is enough punishment for the Astros the Astros cheated their way to a World Series and you have a litany of teams who are ready to say, "Whoa, you did not beat us fair and square." The Dodgers, you're gonna have two World Series parades because they they lost they lost to the uh, Astros, then they lost to the Red Sox, who Alex Cora was managing in 2018 when they won. The Yankees are upset. Everybody that the Astros played, the AL West is upset. Teams are extreme. It's like a class action lawsuit. I'm upset. I want MLB to investigate the Royals that they were stealing signs in 2015, <laughs> and the Mets get the World Series. I mean, this is how big it is, and all. All that the punishments did for Rob Manfred was push forefront the argument to let Pete Rose and all the other cheaters like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens into the Hall of Fame. Well, if you let these guys cheat and there's no punishment for them because there was no punishment for the players, then how can you keep Pete Rose and all these guys out? This completely got out of Rob Manfred's control because he did not want... I'm going to be the commissioner that took the World Series away from a team to be the number 1 line on his resume and his legacy. That's the only reason why. Anybody else that was strong enough as a commissioner would say, hey, I'm sorry, I'm going to have this job for a long time. I'm taking the World Series away from you. And you're forfeiting that because you were found to have cheated in that season. And... If Rob Manfred had the guts, he would have done it. But he's, I don't want that to be it. I don't want Rob Manfred, who most famously took the World Series away from the Houston Astros, he did not want that. And that's the reason why he thought, I'm coming down hard enough with these punishments, but not realizing what the reaction was going to be, not having the foresight to know, oh boy, this is just going to piss people off. This is why we sit where we are right now. Well,
6: you go to, I mean, first off, Baseball Hall of Fame, it's a separate entity. So that's writers, and that that's run independent of Major League Baseball, obviously. Right, no, but, but that, the that brought up,
0: that, the, the conversation you didn't think it was going to br- spark was, oh, now we got to let Pete Rose and these guys in the Hall of Fame? Wait well, a minute, wait, because they I went know, lighter
6: on the suspension. Yeah, Pete Rose is in his own little little box, and I think this year you're going to start seeing more guys get into the Hall, at least from the early results of the the... Polling of the hundreds of guys that, and women that have votes, that the potential is there that more players get in because I think there's the expectation and a little soul searching of well, one you got no positive tests regardless of what happened to the size of hats and batting helmets and the ping pong balls flying out of out of major league ballparks and band boxes across. You got a, a number of guys that you went after hard, but you didn't find anything. In proof, right? A lot of allegation. And that's what you have. Here, you've got the goods, right? You've got everything on them. You've got Alex Cora because he was the guy that left the organization from Mike and He became the easy guy to point out. And people celebrated saying, look, Rob Manford, this was a great day for baseball. No, what? A strongly worded letter? $5 million is nothing, right? We saw reports yesterday. The economic impact of the World Series victory was over $60 million. Say nothing of player no, contracts see, but, yeah, and everything but, else. That's what people think the money. No one cares
0: about how no, much no, 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 you're no, no, a team but, No one cares about the money. But, it's but it's large. But it, it does. No, but but it's cares. But it's
6: part of the... But it's part of the circumstance, because you also have guys whose legacies are killed forever. I mean, Dave Roberts spent a year on the hot seat. He no. had a World Series title. He gets to sit on his ass Two for Two World minutes. Series well, titles. just give him the first one. Kershaw's okay. legacy was altered. Okay. Right? <laughs> but I mean, look, he's been fantastic in, in World Series Kershaw situations would, Kershaw would be the most clutch pitcher in history of baseball. But we don't had have to lead twice in Game 5. But we wouldn't have gotten to where, where it's become. Right? It's... Look, they win, maybe maybe they win, maybe they don't. But the the reality is when you come down with this kind of thing, it's it's more the five million, you didn't take anything from their international pool of players. No players got punished. They're all complicit. The players need to be punished.
0: The players need to be punished. You need to find the players who needed to be punished. And instead you said, I'm gonna go heavy on the people in charge and that's going to that's going to put this to bed. If I if if I suspend a GM and a manager for a year who are probably going to fire those guys, that's going to be big enough, and he completely misread the room. He misread what the reaction was going to be, and that's the thing, is that you can get a lot of controversy surrounding sports, and, and you will find a way to have people split on it, and, and when something is split, you can see the controversy go away, but cheating in sports is still the forefront of many people. Any part, Middle America, East Coast, West Coast, cheating to win, going over the top to cheat. nobody likes that, and if you don't come down hard enough, everybody's gonna hate it. And that's what that's one he completely miscalculated the impact of what his punishment was going Your to be. The
6: cost of a world series was five million dollars and two executives. You made a lot of money and that doesn't go away. That's a clown show.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: Joining us on the hotline, no one better to talk to. Fox Sports, MLB Network, Baseball Insider, John Paul Morosi, JP. Uh, not what I thought we'd be calling to talk about at this point in time, but this is what the news cycle brings us.
9: Well, uh, happy New Year to both of you, nonetheless. And uh, it really is a remarkable statement to say uh, that, that now the, uh, the, the teams that have accounted for the last three American League pennants uh, are now all looking for a new manager, both, both those teams, the Red Sox and Astros, here a month before spring training. This really speaks to the unprecedented nature of this uh, situation the baseball is in really all the way around.
0: So, if let me just start here. If the beginning of this story was yesterday when the penalties were announced, and, and now we are today with Alex Cora, if 0% was where we started and 100% is where we're going to end when we finally put the Astro cheating scandal to bed, what percentage of the story have we heard so far?
9: An excellent question, and if we're going to use the parallel to the PED era, which I think is apt in in many ways, um, here we are all these years later, and we're still talking about it, right? In in one way or another, uh, the steroid era through the Hall of Fame um, is, is certainly part of the conversation. This week has the chance to affect the game, for years to come and, and maybe even more than a decade not necessarily on an everyday basis but the legacies of the players involved will keep coming back up to your mind and you'll you'll wonder uh, what percentage of it was quote unquote real what percentage of it was um, uh, artificial in the in the sense of um, numbers that were achieved based on information that they possessed that was not fair and We don't know, certainly in a global context, how many other teams, how many other players were were guilty of similar misdeeds, of of stealing signs using technology. Uh, And and again, much like the steroid era, we're probably never going to have all that information. Um, We just have to, I think as a sport, um, and I think that MLB has taken a very good step this week, showing just how seriously the commissioner's office regards uh, these violations, and and I I think there's obviously a tremendous um, disincentive for others to try it moving forward, but if you were to ask what are the odds of another team being mentioned in the next year with evidence brought forth? we have to say that that remembering back, reportedly, the Astros made the point at, at the initial outset of uh, of the uh, the individual that they had stationed next to the dugout in the 2018 playoffs. Uh, the, the purpose of that person being there was to try to catch other teams who were cheating. And uh, at the time, I believe a half dozen or so uh, was the number that was cited in, in media reports at the time of being what the Astros suspected other teams were doing. At that point in time that many other clubs so guys it is it's a difficult uh story for baseball to wade through because to your point jason well, we simply do not know where the other bank of this river truly is it is very foggy and uh it is not yet clear
6: See J P, as we, we do the uh, math, and I mean, you got a couple of guys that lose a job. I get it. Uh, for an ownership, five million bucks, a couple of draft picks, you get to keep your international pool. I say they went off pretty light. Nobody, nobody, no player faces any kind of retribution for this. All it is is hints and whispers. You shrug and you move on.
9: Well, I, I would disagree there. I guess first and foremost, the, the five billion dollar fine is the most that is allowable under baseball rules uh, to, to, to sanction any particular team.
6: He made sixty, though. Well, At least. but that's <laughs> the maximum. There's I, no. I get one it. I cannot just... go
9: if they wanted to fine them five billion and one dollar, they couldn't have done it. Okay, they, they got to the very maximum level that they could go. First and foremost, uh, I, I think on the. The, the The conversation I know it 's a popular one in Los Angeles right now should they have to vacate a championship i I simply don 't think that that is something that you could do because uh, then you have to start to reverse engineer the entire steroid era, who might have won a certain championship in, in a given year? Was anybody else on the other side of any of these championships over the last three decades in which uh, there may have been PED involvement? Was anybody else on the opposite team uh, involved at all in PEDs? It's just it's a, it's a very untenable position to put someone in to ask the commissioner to do that. And I think regarding players, there, there are two different um, reasons for this number one is the commissioner came out and said in 2017 i am holding the field manager and general manager responsible for adhering to the rules that were set forth that fall regarding the apple watch that came out with the boston red sox he put that on the management okay that's first and foremost the second part is as a practical matter uh if you suspended players that many, all of those that were potentially involved and in, in guilty here, First of all, the union would grieve it. And second of all, how many Astros are then left, okay, to play the this, this season ahead? I mean, it, it really is a, a remarkably uh, prevalent scenario based on what was known and, and who knew uh, it was going on. For, apart from actually participating in it, who knew about it? One had to assume a very substantial percentage of the team. So it, it is a, it's a tremendously difficult a penalty to legislate, I, th- I think the commissioner did, a, did quite a good job of, of uh, doing it under very difficult circumstances.
0: All right, so let's take this, the next part now, the Astros part ways with A.J. Hinch, the Red Sox part ways with Alex Cora. Who are we going to see take those jobs?
9: Well, again, another key question, and the question is, uh, as well, which teams would even permit their field staff members to interview for these positions this close to the start of the season. You've already had meetings about spring training. Um, I, I do think, though, that given the nature of, of uh, what has transpired here, MLB should encourage their member clubs that if a, of a bench coach or a third base coach or a heading coach, pitching coach, is being requested to interview, I, I think it's important to let those people do it. So, One name to, to mention right here, Matt Cortuaro, who did a very good job with the uh, Tampa Bay Rays on their, on their coaching staff at the major league level and also interviewed at least one other job during the course of the winter and interviewed very well, he would be a good candidate in Boston because of the familiarity there between him and Hyam Bloom, the, the new chief baseball officer there in Boston, who, of course, had come from Tampa Bay. Watch that name. But in terms of the two names that we know well in this game that I – think in the back of my mind maybe this would be a good fit for them just given their experience bruce bocce dusty baker and i think they both have a great reputation as being players managers who do a good job of lowering the temperature in the room when things get hot when there's a lot of pressure on they do a very good job of helping people feel comfortable with themselves and i think both of these teams need a lot of that right now. They're both still very good teams, especially in the case of the Astros. Um, And I think it's simply a matter of bringing in someone, unless you feel like you can really provoke from within, bringing in somebody who you trust to just steer the ship during what's the difficult year. Maybe it is just a one-year assignment, but I think for Dusty Baker and Bruce Bochy, there would be appeal given these two organizations, these two rosters to bring in two veteran managers. Bochy is going to the Hall of Fame uh, who could potentially navigate the very choppy waters of the 2020 season for these two franchises.
0: All right, now the other managerial domino yet to fall, because you know the Mets were going to find their way into it. Carlos Beltran, who was named in the report, one of only two people named in, besides he and Alex Cora. Mets have not said anything. Does Carlos Beltran manage the Mets this year, or do the Mets say, listen, We have to move on from you. This is too big a scandal.
9: I think Beltran manages the Mets, I do, uh, because, again, part of it is he is not going to be disciplined at all uh, through the MLB process, based on what we saw. The Mets, and and perhaps if they have any issues with it, uh, with the situation, they would say, was Beltran fully accountable and forthright in what they told him Um, during the interview process? We don't know that information, to be honest with you. We're not sure. Sure, um, where uh, all the information was at the time and, and what he was sharing with the Mets at, at that point. But I, I think he is going to be safe. I really do. Uh, th- there may be some pressure on the Mets to do otherwise, but... Under MLB law, he is now treated as the player, which meant he's not going to be penalized for it. And I really have a hard time seeing the Mets moving on from him in that particular setting. Of course, it is worth pointing out, Brody Van Wagenen, who hired Beltran, very close with A.J. Hinch. So so Brody and A.J. know each other very well. I'm sure in, that, in the process of just vetting out the information that there would have been a conversation between Brody, Brody and A.J. about Carlos, and and obviously the the report back from A.J. to Brody was strong enough, the recommendation strong enough, that the hire was made. So um, it really is a multi-layered question, but I do believe that Carlos Beltran will be the manager of the Mets on opening day.
6: There you go. You made Jason happy. His punishment is manager
0: of the Mets. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, oh, wait, wait. Baseball just brought in JP. Wait, you might want to write some words on this. Baseball has just punished Carlos Beltran. They have extended his contract with the Mets for four more
9: years. So it's that, not going it, to be funny. that bad. I really don't think it's going to be that bad of an experience to manage a team that has Jacob DeGrom, that has Noah Syndergaard, that has Marcus Stroman, uh, that has Pete Alonzo coming off the rookie home run record. It's going to be a great year in Flushing in 2020. I, I can assure you of that.
6: Well, and he's playing with house money because he got to skate on any discipline off of this. So, I mean, he gets to just manage on uh, the seat of his pants. Who cares? Uh, Josh Donaldson, a four-year deal with Minnesota after the redemptive year uh, in Atlanta. I mean, strong lineup. They hit a lot of home runs. They added another guy. What, what do they add here?
9: Well, they were trying for a lot of the winter guys to, to find a way to upgrade the rotation. Could not do that really in, in a big, meaningful way. Uh, they wanted Wheeler, they wanted Bumgarner, couldn't get either one. Uh, they're just going to try to outslug teams. <laughs> we're going to see some 10-8 games and some 12-10 games in that beautiful ballpark there in uh, one of the great cities in our country there, Minneapolis, uh, here in 2020. But I, I've got some questions about their, their rotation and their bullpen, too. And you look at the White Sox getting better and better. Um, and oh, oh, by the way, at the same time, the Donaldson signing means that uh, we could now see some clarity on the trade market for Nolan Arenado and also for Chris Bryant. I, I do think Arenado gets moved. I really do. Uh, uh, the Cardinals have been mentioned very heavily, as have the Rangers. The White Sox may be on the periphery there as well. Uh, but I, I do think that uh, even if the Braves do not step up, and they should, by the way, to make a move for Arenado or or, or Bryant, still a decent chance that that, that one or both of them is moved uh, to a club like potentially the White Sox, the Cardinals, or the Rangers.
0: You can follow him on Twitter at John Morosi. that's at John Morosi. JP, as always, my friend, appreciate your time with us, and when, when the Mets fire Beltran, we'll call you back. (laughs)
9: <laughs> well, I hope it doesn't happen. Uh, and I hope there's a, a better day ahead for the game that we can visit on. But, yes, uh, always love talking with you both no matter what the circumstances. And I, and I did, uh, you know, I tell you what, Michigan basketball, uh, great start under, under Juwan. I am still a believer. They're going to make the tournament have a very good second half there in Big Ten play. Hey,
0: you're a basketball school now, so you're okay. Basketball you're a fair, school. We yeah. that
9: before, my friends, you're exactly right.
2: <laughs> Take it easy, JP. We'll talk to you my soon, pleasure, my guys. friend. Thank you. See you, buddy.